we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event in weekly Bible study for September 16th, 2012. Next article, just everything's building on the previous articles, uh, from the freebeacon.com, Marine blogs say the U.S. Marines defending the American embassy in Egypt were not permitted by the State Department to carry live ammunition, limiting their ability to respond to a respond to attacks like those this week at the U.S. Consulate in Cairo. These guys weren't even allowed to carry live ammo. Oh, imagine that. I'm sure that has nothing to do with any kind of stage contrived event where they release this contrived B-rated video and then they they, they release it right before they tell the Marines that you can't have live ammo. Are you kidding me? Well, how do you defend a consulate if you can't use ammunition? What are they supposed to do? Throw rocks? They wanted to make sure they were totally disarmed so that is, the Islamic devils could come in there and just have their way and do whatever they wanted. And so that they would have maximum shock value on the American public and the world at large. So that could, you know, again, end up accomplishing their agenda, which is ultimately to get us into World War III. Ambassador to Egypt, Ann Patterson, Traitor, Traitor Ambassador Ann Patterson, did not permit U.S. Marine Guards to carry live ammunition. According to multiple reports on U.S. Marine Corps uh, blogs spotted by Nightwatch. She neutralized any U.S. military capability that was dedicated to preserve her life and protect the U.S. Embassy. It's all by design. Absolutely. So this traitorous witch... Basically disarmed there so that it would be absolutely assured annihilation of the people inside and what happened. And the Marine Corps blog was, was very, very, um, you know, multiple sources confirmed this. While Marines are typically relied on to defend U.S. territory abroad, such as embassies, these reports indicate that the Obama administration was relying on, give me a break, they were relying on Egypt's new Muslim Brotherhood-backed government to ensure American security. No, they were relying on them to do the exact same thing they did and not ensure security, and they took away the ammo from the Marines, and they released this contrived video, so exactly all of this would happen according to plan. It's absolutely obvious what's going on here. Uh, On Drudge Report today, this relates to what was on Drudge. Um, here the first article. Libyan official. Um, three days before the deadly assault on the United States consulate in Libya, a local security official says he met with American diplomats in the city and warned them about deteriorating security. Now, that's a great time to totally disarm your Marines. You know, now, it was more than three days that they knew about this. This is just on, this is on CNN. They're admitting to this. Okay. Uh, Jamal Mabarik, member of the, the of the February 17th Brigade, told CNN that he had a battalion commander. He and a battalion commander had a meeting about the economy and the security. Um, he said he told the diplomats that the, that the security situation wasn't good for international business. The situation is frightening. It scares me. Um, I mean, they were trying to warn them. <laughs> we disarm our Marines. That's that's great. I mean, that that is just wonderful. That um that this is all happening. And the, we have the, the the audacity. This is the second story on Drudge. Now, this isn't even in my report. This is just all breaking, and I'm just trying to keep up with it. But the second report says, Ambassador Susan Rice, another traitor's witch, 
She said the Libya attack wasn't premeditated. Even though everything else we're seeing here shows that it was totally premeditated. Okay, so U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice, said the attack on the American consulate in Benghazi last week was not premeditated, directly contradicting top Libyan officials who said the plan was attack was the the attack was planned in advance. Libya is even saying it was and who would know better than Libya, the place where it occurred? But she's saying, oh, no, no, that didn't happen. You lying witch. Yes, it did happen. So, again, they're saying it's, it's a total contradiction right up here, and even in mainstream news. Um, so she just said it was spontaneous. Uh, you're a liar from the pit of hell. Libyan president, third article. Libyan president... No doubt the attack was pre-planned. This just came out. Libyan President Mahmoud uh, El-Majarif said Sunday that 50 arrests have been made in connection with last week's pre-planned attack on the U.S. consulate in Benghazi that left U.S. Ambassador Chris Stevens, the guy we are just talking about, and three other Americans dead. His three other American secretaries. The way these perpetrators acted and moved, I think that they were choosing the specific date for the so-called demonstration. Um... This leaves us no doubt that this was pre-planned and determined. They're even admitting this much. Okay, so, again, it's all lies and garbage we're getting from our own government. And, um, here's, here's, this just happened. This Here's another report that just came out regarding this. Breaking. Video purports to show U.S. Ambassador Drag from the Benghazi Consulate. Video purports to show Libyan, uh, people cheering as his body is dragged from the um, consulate. I'm watching the video. Okay, they're dragging his body out of the window, out of the consulate. And they're very, very happy. This wonderful religion of peace. It's all about love. It looks like they're beating him as well as they're attacking this totally helpless guy. You know, they love to gang beat. I'll tell you, they, they love to gang beat people. It's, it's, it's just one of their, um, uh, this is, this is a whole other video. And you heard, you heard their, you know, particularly toward the end there, they were, they were cheering and they were very happy. So again, this is, this is just, you know, more fruit of Islam, um, that we're seeing here. And then we have our wonderful ambassador, Ian Patterson, totally disarming the Marines to ensure this will happen. And, Again, this is just more uh, confirmation. Now, in addition to this, now we have these other stories coming out. With the next one is it's again it's from CNN. Nations try to block the U.S. from adding to embassy security. So, not only is it we are we disarming our Marines at, or at this base at least in particular, 
But now these other countries, these other radically controlled Islamic countries are saying, no, no, you cannot add any security to your, to your U.S. embassies. Now, that's theoretically, here's a picture right now, uh, this is a picture that just came out yesterday, protester hits the policeman uh, with a pole in Sydney, I guess Sydney, Australia, yeah, Central Business District on Sunday, Anger over the, over the anti-Islam video, this joke of a video I was talking about. The Innocence of Muslims, that's the name of the video, the trailer, it's not even a movie. Spread to Australia on Saturday. And protesters took to the streets of the country's capital. So, they were just going nuts all over the planet over this. U.S. officials said earlier this week that the Marine teams would be dispatched to protect U.S. diplomatic missions in Libya, Yemen, Sudan, in the wake of any Western unrest in those countries. I mean, that's only reasonable, isn't it? <laughs> we get all these people are being killed, and yes, we're going to beef up our security at our consulates or at our embassies, right? Oh, no, no, you can't do that, they're saying. Yemen's parliament issued a statement early Sunday demanding U.S. Marines leave the Arab country immediately calling the presence of any foreign forces, the U.S. troops in particular, unacceptable. Well, you know, it's kind of unacceptable for you to go in there and slaughter the people in our embassies and drag them out and desecrate their bodies and sodomize them and do all of these other manners of evil to them. That's kind of unacceptable as well. Now, they have the audacity to tell us that we can't send any further security in there. Some leading politicians like Ahmed al-Bari of the opposition Hake Party warned that even a few dozen American troops could, quote, open the doors of hell for Yemen and give terrorists an excuse. See, this is the whole deal. They keep acting like total moronic, demon-possessed idiots every time they don't get their way. And then when we respond in kind, or if we try to beef up our security measures, they just threaten us even more. So it's like this bully that just keeps threatening and threatening and threatening to see how far he can push you. To see what it will take to actually finally get you to react. This is what Islam does constantly. It is predetermined. It's how the religion is set up. So, others like President of Yemen's Clara Committee equated the U.S. troops' arrival to a foreign occupation. So, our Marines don't even have ammo. Don't send any more Marines in. You you do whatever you, you we tell us to do. You, you, you know... Infidel dogs, essentially, is, is, is basically what they're saying here. Next, uh, and then also I have an article relating to this. Sudan now has rejected U.S. requests to send Marines to the Guard Embassy. So all of these countries are following suit with one another. Next article. Uh, this is from Israeli, Israeli National News. Intelligence warns of attacks against Israeli and U.S. embassies. Now this was 9-11 which was before the actual um, attacks, the Egyptian General Intelligence Service warned that a radical jihadi group is planning to launch terrorist attacks against the U.S. and Israeli embassies in Cairo, uh, the, Egypt, the Egypt Independent reported. Israel has accused the group, dubbed Global Jihad, of being responsible for the August 5th attacks in Sinai against Egyptian border guards, which left 16 dead. That's a whole other story. Okay, In an Egyptian newspaper reportedly obtained a copy of a top-secret letter addressed to a major general set home on September 4th, which is before the attacks, which stated the intelligence services notified 
the ministry's national security body, that elements of the organization in Egypt and Gaza were planning attacks on the two embassies. So again, here's more confirmation. We just got confirmation today from CNN that they knew about it ahead of time. This one is saying they got this all the way back to September 4th. They knew that there were, there were attacks being on plane on the embassy. So how do we respond? Okay, we don't want to beef up security, and we want to disarm our Marines. So that way, when they do come in, They'll have maximum carnage and they'll kill as many of the Americans as possible. That's what we were ensuring would happen by our government's actions. Security sources said the letter was forwarded to Egyptian security officials, informing them to undertake the necessary measures. The sources added that military intelligence informed the Interior Ministry one week ago that 22 terrorists in Sinai are planning to attack vital facilities and and, and police checkpoints according to the... Egypt independent. So we knew about this way, way, way ahead of time. And we did the opposite of what we should have done. Which, you know, again, all by design. Next article, entitled Full-Blown Crisis. The State Department has gone into full-blown crisis mode, organizing a round-the-clock effort to coordinate the U.S. government's response to the expanding attacks on U.S. embassies in the Middle East and North Africa. The State Department has stood up a 24-hour monitoring team to ensure appropriate coordination of information in our response. In our response, in addition, our consular team is working with missions around the world to protect American citizens. What a lie from the pit of hell that is! They really did a great job there in, in Egypt. Really did. Again, over the obvious things I just talked about, to protect American citizens and issue appropriate public warden information. Again, we knew all about this ahead of time. There was no warning, though, and we disarmed our troops, our, our Marines. That's great. A senior State Department official told this to reporters on Friday. And then what happened the day after? Well, you probably saw it. Uh, Texas, the, Texas school received its first threat around 8.35 a.m. Uh, this was the, uh, I believe it was like, the University of Austin or something, from a man claiming to belong to Al-Qaeda. Officials said the caller claimed bombs placed throughout the campus would go off in 90 minutes. So that was that was the... Uh, let me just click on this one. University of Texas at Austin. Yeah. That was where the first bomb threat came. Uh, I'm sure you probably saw that. This was the next day. I really thought when I saw these bomb threats coming the next day, I really thought there was a good chance that this was literally the start of World War III. This was the start of the lockdown, I told you. It would take so little for us to go under martial law. If we had a legitimate bomb threat that was followed through on, and let's say it was a, a, like a suitcase nuke, dirty bomb, or some type of biological agent released, and it was known that it was some type of Middle Eastern whatever, over something like this. I told you the first thing they're going to do when when um, Israel bombs Iran is they're going to release their terrorist cells in America. These cells have been here a long, long, long time, a lot of them. And they've been waiting for this for a long time, and they want to kill as many of us as they possibly can, and inflict as much horror as possible on us, the gray Satan. And when that is given the green light, we will be in martial law, and it literally could come within the same day as Israel attacking Iran. 
or vice versa. So, it wouldn't take very much for us to be plunged in headlong into martial law. That, that's why I'm bringing all of this up. This is not, not, not like something that I'm just reporting on for the fun of it. This heavily relates to all nations on the planet. Particularly America, because we're, we're associated with Israel. Another bomb threat, the same day. North Dakota State University bomb threat. Um, North Dakota State University President Dean... Brassardi said 20,000 people were evacuated from the school's main and downtown campuses in Fargo after the school received its bomb threat Friday morning. So we got University of of Texas, uh, North Dakota State University, and then we've got a research facility at the University of Texas in Austin that houses an active nuclear reactor has been evacuated after a man with a Middle Eastern accent claiming to be a member of Al-Qaeda warned authorities that the campus had been booby-trapped with explosives. Now, all of these turned out to be false. Okay, they were just trying to save a rattle, rattle our chain, just mess us up and throw us into chaos. But what if any of it had been true? I mean, the New World Order wants an excuse to put us on lockdown. It's what I'm saying. They contrived all this. They made sure all this happened. They made sure our guards weren't armed. They, they, knew, they knew about this ahead of time. They wanted this to happen. They're going to try to create their order out of chaos. The university received a call from a male with a Middle Eastern accent claiming to have placed bombs all over the campus. He said he was Al-Qaeda. And that this is the day after all this Libyan stuff. And supposedly over all this film that came out. This trailer that was beyond a joke. He said that it was Al-Qaeda and these bombs would go off in 90 minutes. President Powers was notified and we decided to evacuate all the buildings out of the abundance of caution. I really, I mean, when I saw these reports popping up on CNN and Drudge Report that day... I thought, oh man, is this it? I was really, really, really wondering, because if any of that would have escalated, we could have had martial law that day, or very shortly thereafter. Uh, University of Texas's J.J. Pickle Research Facility in northern Austin was also evacuated. Uh, facility houses a fully functional nuclear reactor operated by the nuclear engineering tech lab. So, I mean, you know, can you imagine if they would have set off a dirty bomb nuclear device near a nuclear plant. Now you'd have double uh, radiation type of fallout scenario near a very highly populated area. So, whether that was their intention and they just, they, they, they throttled back, I understand the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. But, I don't know. I don't know how close we actually were. Things have calmed down a little bit now, but it could very easily re-escalate. Um, They know how thin-skinned the Muslims are. They know anything of any nature that they would say would denigrate uh, Muhammad or Allah. They are going to use that excuse to just go nuts. And we're going to take a real in-depth look at that. That's a plan by the Muslims. They're not doing that. Yes, they're all half-cocked, demon-possessed devils, okay? For the most part, okay? I'm just, I'm sorry, but that's what they, that's what their actions prove they are. But there's also a very deep agenda behind that. It's, it's a very, um, that action in and of itself is very calculated. And we will look at that. Now, I'm going to play a clip from Gerald Salente regarding, kind of relating to this whole subject. Because I'm trying to tie all this together. I'm trying to uh, tie this a little bit into the world economy. We talked about oil prices going up as a result of the Strait of Hormuz thing and the potential for um, 
World War Three. I mean, World War Three happens, <laughs> oil prices are going to skyrocket. I mean, absolutely, totally skyrocket. Which I believe will be the last nail in the coffin of finishing off the middle class in America. We, we, we've got, you know, dismal uh, crop production, biggest drought since the 1930s. QE3 printing money out of thin air, so it's going to devalue the dollar even more. And then if oil prices go up and, and it's 150 a barrel or whatever, I mean, you, you see all these scenarios where paper money is going to be worth nothing, most likely uh, it could be worth almost next to nothing very soon. And, again, that's why I said, if you've got any plans, you know, you may want to seriously start thinking about implementing them, you know, with much prayer and fasting. So, I'm going to play this clip here to get another little perspective on what we're dealing with. About five minutes of it. Okay, so this is Alex Jones interviewing Gerald Salente, a a financial expert, one of the, considered one of the foremost financial experts on the planet. And here's his take on on a lot of the things that are happening and could potentially happen. I'm just about five five or six minutes of, of this talk. Uh, next train to Auschwitz, they are going the pure tyranny route. But here's the question. Break down from your you know, great acumen and, and, and gravitas and, and looking into the future on this. But now it's becoming pretty clear. I mean, you were getting called pessimist porn four years ago in the New York Times. Now here it is. They're going to keep telling everybody everything's wonderful while they dig in, while they move offshore, while they get armed guards. But clearly people are losing confidence in the system. So what are they planning to do? How bad will it get? What's the time frame? All right. What they're planning to do is making headline news. It was 9-11, 11 years later. With what's going, I've said this from the beginning... When they first started talking about recovery, we did a trend alert on it back in 2008. And you said when the economy goes down, they go to war. You got it. No recovery cover-up, and they're going to take us to war when all else fails. Can't you hear the war drums beating? And okay, so again, this very much confirms what we're, we've got all of this posturing now of this absolute total razor's edge powder keg in the Middle East. They've got all of their puppet radical Muslim dictatorships now installed. Well, maybe there's some other countries they still want to knock off. I don't know. But maybe they feel that they've got enough right now over there. So when the economy fails, which we that could be, like again, for all the reasons I just mentioned, that could be any minute, essentially, for all the factors we're looking at here, then they take us to war. So again, I've always said this from the beginning, that there's going to be multiple things happening in conjunction with the World War III scenario to instill maximum shock and awe into the world population. Maximum trauma. So that people will be more inclined to accept anything offered to them by Big Brother World Government when it is offered to them because they're going to be desperate. They're going to be desperate to have the government make whatever is causing extreme terror and fear in them go away. Oh, Mr. Government, come and save us. Come and save us from the big bad World War III and from the Muslims and from the economic collapse. 
This may be in conjunction with all types of natural disasters as well. The, the earthquake activity has been off the scale. There's all kind of crazy stuff going on with that. All types of, of weird viruses and, and things emerging. That I wanted to, that was what I wanted to focus in on today, the health stuff, but I couldn't, this pushed it all aside. I'll try to do it next week, I don't know, it depends. With the way current events are breaking, I just can't even hardly keep up with it. It's, it's turning into just that is where I'm focused in on right now, to try to keep it up until the point where I can't be on the air anymore. Which, again, I never know from week to week if this is gonna be my last broadcast, the way things are going. Because most likely in conjunction with all of this stuff, you will see a shutdown of the internet. Because that is the last bastion, really much, other than maybe shortwave radio, of getting this type of information out to the world. And so, you know, you've got those scenarios in place there. So let's let's play this further here. That's what they're going to do. Look at the headlines today. What was it? University of North Dakota, Texas, Valparaiso. The fear and hysteria are already vibrating through the media. Go back, and I you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. I'll never forget back in August of 2011. You go back and you look at George W. Bush's popularity rating right after he got elected. You look at how many people were so disgusted with him. And then you look how it changed after 9-11. They're doing the same thing now. They're taking us to war. And as you well know, that war drum, every, if you think it goes away, and then it keeps coming back with Israel talking about attacking Iran. And then you look at the news today. Alex, how many, and by the way, this has nothing to do with that movie about, you know, Muhammad. That's like saying that World War I began, little boys and girls, when the Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated at Sarajevo. This, is, this movie is only one match in a matchbox of, of volatile situations that's going to like... Well, let's use a World War II analogy. I mean, all the forces are lining up. It's being prepared. They've sent the fleets to menace the Chinese to keep, you know, investing and going along with the white shoe boys have. They're encircling Russia. They've got proxy wars using al-Qaeda in Libya and Syria. The Russians have pointed it out. I'm not siding with the Russians, but they're not the ones looting my country. And the white shoe boys really think they're going to push Russia and now even China around. These are guys that make 40 to 1 bets and then just take your bank account. So, I mean, I have to look at this and say, as Ron Paul said, we better panic I agree with you. They are okay, definitely. This is real. This is real. I'm not. I mean, pick up the, pick up the papers. Look at your site. Look at all of them. Tunisia, Yemen, Sudan, Somalia, Algeria, Bangladesh, Lebanon. Name the country. I mean, they could see it right in front of everybody's face. It is all exploding in front of us. And now the CIA produced video showing. You know, Muhammad, the prophet, uh, uh, murdering women and stuff, you know, with horses. I mean, just designed to incite radical elements. I mean, this this is order out of chaos. This is insanity. And, and here's the reality. As I see it, you know, I talk about buying gold and investing and this and that. 
If the United States or Israel goes to war with Iran, I've said this many times, those things aren't going to be worth anything because life is going to be so miserable. You know how they say generals keep fighting the last war? There's a reason for it. Because they can't win the, the one they're fighting and they have no clue on how to fight the next one. This is going to be a very different war. This is going to be wars of weapons of mass destruction. It's going to be wars... Now, what he's in reference to here, I believe, is when the Muslims finally release their terror cells in America and elsewhere. Okay, It's going to be a different kind of war than we fought in the past, is what is the point he's trying to make here. ...of polluted aquifers and, 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 and suitcase-sized nuclear weapons. It's going to be the worst horror that science fiction can make up. And we already see the technology. It's in place. They're using it on us. Whether it's drones watching us, surveillance, all of the technology is there to wage a war of weapons of mass destruction. No, it's not an atom bomb with ICBMs. It's not tanks rolling across. It's not jets. It's a different war. And they're taking us to it. The same people that took us to Vietnam, that took us to Iraq, that took us to Afghanistan, and before that took us to South Korea, to, to the Korean War, that lost every war, are now taking us to the first great war of the 21st century. The timeline is on time. Go back. The crash of 1929. The Great Depression. Currency wars. Trade wars. World War. The Panic of 08. The Great Depression. It's a dep You know what the numbers are in Spain. They're about 40% unemployment. They're saying 25. Same in Greece. Same in Portugal. Same in Ireland. And you look around. Italy officially is over 10%. France over 10%. The United States, as John Williams uh, uh, points out, shadow stats, 22%. You can see it. The Depression is here. The currency wars are on. And now you're hearing Mittens, Romney, and others talking about trade wars. The next is world war. What are people waiting for? So that was the clip I wanted to play there. And he said in America, 22%, because they're not counting the people that are dropping off every month, not looking for jobs anymore. They're not counting them. So they're not including them in the official, quote, statistics. So it's more like 22%. And again, that's all been by design to destroy the middle class, ship our jobs overseas, let the legal aliens come in and dilute the uh, um, earning base and the uh, job pool. You know, it's just, it's all by design. Every bit of what they're doing is designed to destroy, particularly the American middle class, and then create an ultra elite and an ultra slave class, so that we have no ability to fight, um, at least economically from a middle class standpoint so um, let's go further this is entitled more than a movie experts claim real reason for the US embassy attacks is much more sinister and here it shows these lovely uh, terrorists putting their black flag up burning and tearing up the American flag outside of the uh, embassy um, one comment read regarding this whole thing the movie this trailer, it's not even a movie, this $5 million <laughs> uh, B-rated skit um, 
was a cover for what they did. It was a coordinated attack on Americans on the 11th anniversary of 9-11. That's another factor here okay, that hasn't been talked about. The idea that this was about a movie is a total lie. It was two coordinated attacks carried out on Americans and U.S. embassies are technically American soil on the anniversary of 9-11. Anyone who thinks otherwise is being duped by the media trying to blame this on Americans and not the scum that killed the people. So the main article then starts to read, The bloody attacks on U.S. embassies in Egypt and Libya that left four American public servants, including U.S. Ambassador, dead, have sparked international outrage and controversy. Islamists claim that the catalyst for the riots was the release of an American movie critical to Islam. But according to the Middle East and foreign policy experts interviewed by The Blaze, there is a much more sinister motivation at play for these bloody acts of aggression the need that meets the eye. The film, to experts, only served as a convenient excuse for Islamists, particularly Salafists and members of the Muslim Brotherhood, to escalate tensions to a fever pitch in hopes of achieving their ultimate goal. And here's the ultimate goal. To make slandering Islam unlawful on an international level. This is the reason that they're doing this, ultimately. They throw a big enough hissy fit, kill enough people, and the whole world capitulates and says, oh, oh, yes, we're going to reward your evil by by cowering down to you, Islam, and we're going to give you exactly what you want, where, to the point where nobody could utter a word against Islam on planet Earth. Now, I would rather die and will gladly die before that happens to me. I'm not going to shut up about this evil. I'm not going to quit exposing this evil as long as I still have breath in me. I'm not going to play patty cake with the devil. Okay, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing as long as I can do it. And make no apologies for it. Um, regarding this, as if it... If it sounds too far-fetched to come fruition, those whose life work has been to study, analyze, and in many instances prosecute Islamic terrorists provide some compelling food for thought. U.S. military officials are allegedly concerned that the movie could incite violence against any of the 74,000 U.S. troops stationed in Afghanistan. In fact, earlier on Wednesday, the Taliban called on Afghans to do just that. Quote, take revenge on the U.S. soldiers over the film. The idea put forth by experts is fairly straightforward. By proving time and time again, and I guarantee you, I would almost guarantee you, there were factions within the attacking forces that knew those Marines were disarmed. I mean, if they thought they were going to take a bullet in the head, I don't think they would have done what they did. But, since all of this was known ahead of time and pre-planned, guaranteed, they knew that they could go in there with boldness, knowing that they weren't going to get any bullets fired back. That's another thing to think about. Because, again, this was a coordinated effort, obviously. Let's see here. Um, going further. U.S. military officials are allegedly concerned that the movie could incite violence against any of the 74,000 U.S. troops stationed in Afghanistan. In fact, earlier on Wednesday, the Taliban called on Afghans to do just that, to, quote, take revenge on U.S. soldiers over the film. Um, the idea put forth by experts is 
fairly straightforward by proving time and time again that slandering Islam will bear a hefty price tag, which includes the loss of American lives. Islamists believe these devils, these demon-possessed devils, this is why they're doing this, they believe that U.S. lawmakers will ultimately find it in America's best interest to introduce legislation deeming it unlawful to slander Islam. It's okay, you can say whatever you want about Christianity or any other religion on the planet. But don't you dare say anything about Islam because they are a special class, just like the, 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 uh, the sodomites, the homosexuals, and the, the gay, lesbian, transgender, whatever, just like they're this protected special class, they're going to be treated just like that. The more wicked and evil you are on planet Earth, if you can identify yourself with any particular class, the more protection you're going to have. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And this is what we're seeing more and more increasingly. So this is what you do. The, the devil comes in and essentially slaughters, kills, does whatever he wants to. So you go back to the devil and you say, you know, devil, you really, you really made your point abundantly clear. And because we're cowards and because we want to advance your agenda, we're going to give you whatever you want and we're not going to, and, and whatever, if anybody doesn't like it, that's their problem. We'll, we'll throw them in jail. In fact, maybe we'll get to a point where we'll let you have them and you can, you can have your way with them because how dare they slander you, Satan, for, for doing something, you know, doing something against you. I mean, we're, we're here to serve you, Satan, and we're going to give you whatever you want. Now, this is exactly what's going on here. Exactly. It's the height of hypocrisy and evil. But this is what they're proposing. And this is why they're doing this. And it's all contrived. Our government wants to get to that point so that everybody will, will continually lose our First Amendment right more and more and more and more. There'll be all of these restrictions on free speech until there finally will be no more free speech. And they're, they're using this intimidation tactic of, of, with this whole thing with Islam in order to accomplish this. So, while such a push would be a flagrant assault on the First Amendment, progressives already on full throttle when it comes to their politically correct agenda could likely attempt to pass off such legislation under the banner of, quote, protecting the public and further military men and women from potential violence. So we better all go over there and just keep our mouths shut and, and don't you dare even think a bad thought about Islam or, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Muslim Brotherhood President Mohammed Morsi indicated as much himself. Now, this is the guy that the um, we just installed in there, good old Obama. I mean, and I understand his Illuminati handlers and all that. They got him installed in there. Muslim Brotherhood, radical Islam, president of the, um, uh, has indicated this is himself. While never fully condemning the U.S. Embassy attacks, the newly elected Egyptian president did make demands to the U.S., via legal channels, that the, this alleged slight on Islam, um, the alleged slight on Islam, Reuters reported that Morsi asked the Egyptian embassy in Washington to take all legal measures permitted in the United States against the filmmakers for their supposed crimes. Putting out a trailer a spoof trailer on Islam, this B-rated thing, is not a crime. But they want to make it a crime. The most 
flagrantly wicked mass religion. I understand you could say there's there's worse things that go on, yes. But I'm talking flagrant, in-your-face, everyday type of stuff that's going on right now. Okay, they're pretty much near the top of the list. Definitely you want to, you want to cave into them. You want to definitely give them whatever they want. What signal does that send to them? That, se- that tells them that their they're, um, infantile behavior, their satanically possessed infantile behavior is working, and the Quran tells them to do such things, like this, and then that gives them the green light to go to the next step. And it will never... Remember, Satan is never appeased. There's nothing you're ever going to give Satan that's going to fully appease him. He's always going to want more. This is the exact same case when dealing with Islam. You know, you just don't cave in and give them whatever they want. You bow up to them, you stand up to them, because that's the only thing they're going to understand. They will understand nothing but that. Okay, you cave into them, they just look at you like this weak infidel dog that they believe you to be anyway. It just confirms in their own mind how weak we really are as a, as a country. Morsi has asked the Egyptian embassy in Washington to take all legal measures permitted. <laughs> He's not the only one as you're going to see. Here's a picture of that devil. Walid Shubat said, quote, Make no mistake, the notion that these riots were spawned by an anti-Islam movie, uh, anti-Islam movie is completely and totally fallacious. It is not about the movie. It's, never been, it's about never letting a crisis go to waste. He continued, quote, It's all about intimidating countries into implementing laws designed to extinguish free speech rights. The film is nothing more than a tool to be used to exploit politically correct inclinations. He said the attacks were intended to extract concessions from the U.S. and exalt militant Muslims. You might also recall that the Blaze's, quote, Rumor of War 3 documentary and previous reports that the Muslim Brotherhood is gaining a foothold in American government and politics. I've reported on that many, many times. I'm going to give you a, 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 uh, all the links to all the studies I've done exposing Islam uh, it's a little bit later, but I give you those links if you want to go back and revisit some of those previous studies. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, former assistant United States attorney responsible for leading the 1995 prosecution of Sheikh Omar Rahman, um, shared his thoughts with the Blaze. Sorry, I jumped ahead here. Uh, based on years of researching Islamic extremism. He believes that President Obama has exacerbated a long time bipartisan failure to confront the fact that Islamic supremacism is not fringe ideology of terrorists. This isn't fringe. This is going to become more and more and more mainstream. This is Islam. This is Islam in its purest, most satanic form. What we're seeing right now. Actually, no, it's going to get worse. But what we're seeing is the fruit. We're seeing the obvious fruit. It is the predominant Islam of the Muslim Middle East. It is rapidly anti-American, he said. He told the Blaze. Obama looks as at it as if it's something to be embraced when it collides with American constitutional standards, like Shahara blasphemy laws do with American free speech. He would give our Constitution away. You better believe it. He's a Muslim. He's going to side with them. Cited as the Pentagon's leading expert on Islamic law, Stephen. Coughlin also caught up with the Blaze to talk about the, quote, 10-year plan. 
that was drafted by Islamists in 2005, intended to make Islamic slander a crime, not just in Islamic countries, but across the globe. See, this is a this is something they've started out a long time ago. This is all calculated, all the stuff that's going on. And we're and we're what we're doing with what Obama's doing and the his Illuminati handlers and these types of things is we're enabling all of this to happen. They're using Islam like a useful idiot, I guess, in order to accomplish the agenda of the New World Order. Okay? To take away, remove our free speech rights, to, to, to remove, you know, so many things, to put us in this state of terror and fear and then incite World War III. They're using them on a number of different levels. And they're more than happy to be used because this is what they want. This is what their religion commands them to do. What we're doing is putting them in a position where they're absolutely, totally, 100% enabled to... I mean, when you disarm your Marines to defend the embassies, you're, you're enabling these satanic devils to come in and have their way and do whatever they want. So it's, it's really, they're, they're in lockstep, they're in unison, um, and they're working together for this. But this 10-year plan was drafted by the Islamists in 2005, intended to make Islam... Islamic slander a crime, not just in, in Islamic countries, but across the globe. And now they're putting this into action, he said purportedly. Coughlin explained that there was never an Arab Spring, but rather a Southist Muslim Brotherhood takeover in the Middle East. And that accepting that fact is key to understanding Islamic strategy. This is what I've been saying all along. He asked for the people to think back to the disproportionate outrage that ensued in the Muslim community over the Pope's 2009 comments about Islamic tyranny, and to the Quran burning in Florida led by Pastor Terry Jones. I mean, every time they react, it's disproportionate. Both incidents, according to the attorney and scholar, were actually first reported on in the Muslim world and not the Western media. The goal, he claimed, was to manufacture an event with which to incite violence and ultimately, quote, subordinate the U.S. First Amendment. What would that do? That would shut all of us down. Could potentially overnight. Myself included. Anyone in alternative media. We would lose all right to, to speak. And probably be jailed for the things we've said in the past. Uh, then he goes on to say, it was engineered to get President Bush, Obama, or whoever... To say sorry. Here we are apologizing. Obama's first reaction was to apologize to these devils over there killing people for this movie. And again, what signal does that send? That sends that we're in the wrong and they have every right to go over there and kill whoever they want to. Well, they, you, you hurt their feelings. I mean, they got every right to go over there and, and, and sodomize that U.S. ambassador and, and, and kill his secretaries. And I heard there was some... I heard they, they, um, there was rumors that they had their way with the secretaries. I mean, if they, didn't ha if, if they did this to the guy, you think they're going to treat the secretaries great? I didn't report on that because it was, um, I couldn't get enough confirmation. But you think, I mean, honestly, the way they act? Just total, total hypocrisy. Thus, the goal is to compel the West to blame the West for bringing violence upon itself. See, it's our fault they're, they're over there killing people. Because of some guy that made some B-rated B 14-minute stupid spoof trailer 
about supposedly Muhammad. It's our fault. That's that's all of our fault collectively as America. We we should have headed that off at the pass. And you know they can't be held responsible for your actions. No, we're all responsible for our own actions. Nobody forced them to go over there and do this. But again, we're going to get into the, the really the fruit of the Muslim religion here. This is just one little example. But I'm going to give you some rapid fire points to consider a little bit later in the report. Uh, next article: First Amendment Death Watch update. USA Today joins the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, and others in calling for restrictions on the freedom of speech. They either don't realize or don't care that they're cutting their own throat. This is um, an um, article that appeared in USA Today by this traitor, Anthea Butler, which is entitled, Opposing View, Why Sam Basile Deserves Arrest. September 12th, words have consequences. I know that because one of my tweets asking, quote, when Sam Basile would be arrested drew wide attention on Wednesday. Now, this is this liberal devil author uh, of this article on, at USA Today, Anthea Butler. She goes on to say, so why did I tweet about Basile, that he should be in jail? The free speech of Basile's film is not about expressing a personal opinion about Islam. It denigrates the religion. What, it denigrates the death cult? that should be exposed to its fullest extent. It denigrates the religion by depicting the face founder in several ludicrous and historically inaccurate scenes to incite and inflame viewers. I don't, It probably didn't even near cover all the evil Muhammad did. We're going to get a little bit into that today. Basile's movie is not the first to denigrate a religious figure, nor will it be the last. The last temptation of Christ was protested vigorously. The difference is that Basile indirectly and inadvertently inflamed people halfway around the world, resulting in the deaths of the U.S. Embassy personnel. Uh, Okay, no one was murdered over the last temptation of Christ. And the difference was, now this is back to the main article, was that in this case, the people halfway around the world are Muslims. That's the difference. Okay, they chose to react that way. Christians, born-again Christians, are not going to react that way where we go out and kill other people because we're offended over over them. You know, We might be offended, but we're not going to go out and kill people. The Bible doesn't command that. The Quran does. That's the biggest difference. The difference was that in this case, the people halfway around the world are Muslims with a tradition tradition of reacting with violent, uncontrolled rage to any perceived insults. That's the difference that she doesn't address at all. You know, Basile's movie trailer does not excuse the rioting in Libya and Egypt or the murder of Americans. That is deplorable. Indeed, those who murdered and rioted in Libya and Egypt should be found and prosecuted, not the filmmakers. While the First Amendment right to free expression is important, it is also important to remember that other countries and cultures do not have to respect our right to free speech. And apparently, neither do the University of Pennsylvania professors. So what this professor is saying is that Muslims do not have to respect the freedom of speech that we have, but non-Muslims have to respect Islam and its blasphemy laws, which is obviously flagrant hypocrisy. You see the double standard here? They're held to a totally different standard than the rest of the world is, and particularly Christians. They get a a special preferential treatment free pass. 
They can do whatever they want, and it's just because they're so passionate about their defending their devil death cult from Allah the moon god and their pedophile leader, uh, messenger, Muhammad. How's that, for, how's that for Islamic blasphemy? I can back it all up, though. And I'm going to back some of it up today. I can't obviously do a dedicated teaching. I mean, I've got so, many th- so much to cover as it is. But, uh, next article. Hate crimes are beginning to stack up, but determining what constitutes a hate crime is in the eye of the beholder. Actually, it's in the eyes of the liberals, who only see criminal activity when it's leveled at one of their protected classes, like homosexuals, bisexuals, transgendered, Muslims. Those are the, the more wicked and evil you are, like I said, then you have more, way more protection, because you need to have that. Police are investigating an unusual bias crime on Staten Island. Muslims who gathered for prayer to celebrate the end of Ramadan in a city park found bacon scattered on the ground. Before most of the faithful arrived for morning prayer, it was discovered that someone had scattered a quantity of raw bacon in the field. Oh my word, why don't we just... What's this world coming to? What kind of animals are we where we would allow such a thing to happen on American soil? Oh, boy, oh boy. This has been determined to be a bias event on the part of our hate crimes task force. NYPD Commissioner uh, Ray Kelly told reporters, hey, I've heard of people going and taking pig blood and putting it in squirt guns and taking pig heads and throwing them on places where they were going to build a mosque. I don't see anything wrong with that. Nothing. You know why? I'm trying to prevent evil from dwelling, any more evil than dwelling on American soil. I'm not saying go out and do it or I've done it. But I'm just saying, I don't see anything wrong with it. Nothing. Why? Well, if that's all it's going to take for them to not build on that land, good. We, I don't want them in America. I don't want them building mosques and bringing all those devils onto our soil. We have enough problem with that as it is. Just an example, though. Just an example. Where were the government's officials when artist and photographer Andrea Serrano unveiled his... Uh, I don't even want to say the word. It, 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 was, the, it was the title of what he um, entitled this piece of artwork. It was, um, I'll just spell it, spell it out. P-I-S-S, Christ. That's what he, 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 did, he called this thing. So where were the government officials when artist and photographer Andres Serrano unveiled this blasphemous piece of garbage. It was a photograph of a small plastic crucifix. Now, I'm not defending Catholicism, okay, but what, obviously what he was trying to do is attack Christianity in general, okay? A small plastic crucifix submerged in a glass of the artist's own urine. The piece was the winner of the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Arts Awards in the Visual Arts Competition. These sick maggots that were judging this, gave him the winner. He was the winner of the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Arts Awards in the Visual Arts Competition. This is how sick and degenerate people have become. Which is sponsored in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, a United States government agency that offers support and funding for artistic projects. Where was the outrage then? What if you took a Quran? And, and um, submerged it in, in um, urine and bacon grease and put that on display. 
Do you think that they would get, you could win any kind of award with that? There would be absolute total outrage. Probably on a global scale. The hypocrisy, the double standard is, is the point I'm trying to make here. Now, I'm not saying I endorse um, Ann Barnhart. Okay, but she ha- does have some good points to kind of make uh, about certain things. She actually has uh, made a reading online where she took a Quran and she bookmarked, I don't know, 20 verses, 25, with raw bacon in a Quran. And she went and she read out of the Quran. And each time, you know, she went to the thing that the bookmarkers were the pieces of raw bacon. She went to the next verse and read some wicked verse right out of the Quran to get make people aware of the evil of this religion that the mainstream media wants to continually and continually and continually ignore. And because people are so oblivious to this, and because they're so backboneless, nobody's willing to do or lift a finger or, or even voice an opinion about it. Most people aren't. They're afraid. Oh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to rock the boat or whatever. Well, she was dramatizing this, and um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna let you hear about the first two minutes of this video, and then I'm gonna play it in silent mode because she, unfortunately, Ann Barnhart is a Catholic, and this is why I can't, in good conscience, refer to her. Um, and she has a real problem with kind of using some profanity. In her, in her uh, teachings. Uh, acts like she's a born-again Christian, says her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all this, but she's definitely a Catholic. So, very paradoxical uh, lady. Uh, but, I will say this, she's got some serious backbone. And, um, I'm just going to play this video here, and let you hear the first two minutes of it. Quran is burnt for insulting Hebrews, prophets, and advocating sex and violence. April 17, 2011. This has been out since then. My name is Ann Barnhart. I'm at 9175 Cornbreast Circle, 80124 in Lone Tree, Colorado. I have just one question. What? I- she gives out her home address right off the bat. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, right off the bat, and this is what she, and she's got an American flag in the background and a little glass pot where she's going to start burning the Quran and these types of things. Act of violence did Terry Jones or Ann Barnhart perpetrate? Perpetrate. Did we kill anyone? Did we assault anyone? Did we saw anyone's head off? What act of violence did we perpetrate? How is burning paper with ink on it an act of violence? How is this object made of paper equivalent to the life of a human being? Are you honestly arguing that tearing and burning a book is equivalent to killing and beheading a human person? What is the matter with you? Do you know why we Christians don't get too terribly upset about people who burn Bibles or create horrific sacrilegious images using Christian symbols? Because we understand that a Bible can be reprinted and that an image is just an image. The image of a crucifix submerged in a jar of urine makes us sad. 
And sad not because we believe that it's, that it's physically Jesus being drowned in urine. It makes us sad because of the implied hatefulness, misery, and despair of the artist who would do such a thing and the patrons who would applaud it. Christians don't want to kill Robert Maplethorpe while he was still alive. We wanted to pray for him so that he would come to know God and be released from his obvious torment so that hopefully we could all be together in heaven someday. This is why we are burning the Koran, because it is the manifesto of an evil totalitarian political system, and it enslaves human beings in a culture of misery, hopelessness, perversion, despair, true violence, and unnatural death. And it- Okay, now she starts cussing, and I'm like, I mean, it's not like she's using the F word or anything, but she's, you know, she gets a little crazy, so I'm just going to... Stop it there, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on silent mode now and read some of the things that she's putting up here on the particular... The, the actual Quran burning is later in the video. It's about a 15-minute video here, and, um, uh, you know, if you want to watch it, just kind of proceed with a little bit of caution. I wouldn't probably have kids or whatever. Uh, I wish she could get an understanding of how wicked the Catholic Church is and how you don't want to be up there cussing and... <laughs> doing this stuff, I mean, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to let any corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, doesn't mean I think I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, or whatever, I'm just saying, I mean, if you're going to do a video like that, come on, I mean, you can't be up there cussing, and you discredit yourself, you know, but anyway, so, she has in the video, the charges against the Muhammad of the Quran is that he insulted all Hebrew prophets, and the Messiah Jesus before him, in the following verses, Surah 2252, Surah 6. 112 and Surah 4, 157. Uh, These are are some of the the charges that she brings against Muhammad. And then Muhammad insulted all Hebrew prophets, as he said, every prophet before him was inspired by Satan. Okay, so he has insulted all the, the prophets of the word of God, because he said every prophet before him was inspired by Satan. He said this in the Quran 2252, which says, Never sent we a messenger or a prophet before thee, but when he recited Satan, proposed in respect of which he recited thereof. Meaning they all were satanically inspired, all the prophets. So the Quran insults the word of God there. So we're, we're, she's stating how we're offended over Islam. By admission of Muhammad, he was inspired by devils and demons, or jinns, as every prophet shall include himself. Whereas the said in Quran 6.1.12, which says, Thus have we appointed unto every prophet and adversary, devils of humankind, and jinn, who inspire in one another. These prophets are inspired by jinns. Jinns are genies. You ever heard the word genie? Like the genie in the bottle, that's where we get the word jinn from. It's a very, very, very high-level devil or fallen angel, okay? So these are just some things she's pointing out in the Quran regarding the hypocrisy uh, of the Quran and how it insults the word of God. So, Muhammad was inspired by Satan when he recited the Quran 4.157, which contradicted with the words of uh, the Messiah Jesus Christ about his death and resurrection. The gospel of Jesus was based on eyewitness witnesses such as the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, and Mary Magdalene, etc., etc. Now we're going to get to that Quran four one fifty seven in a second here. Quran four one fifty seven says, and 
because of their saying, we slew the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, Allah's messenger. They're saying Jesus was Allah's messenger. They slew him not, nor crucified him. So the Quran is directly contradicting the word of God and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you believe the Quran here, then we're all going, we're all hopeless. Because Jesus never died on the cross to pay our sin debt. He's not seated, you know, at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He, his, his death, burial, and resurrection never even happened. Why? Because Jesus, son of Mary, this is what the Quran's saying, Jesus, son of Mary, Allah's messenger, they slew him not, nor crucified him. But it appeared so unto them. In other words, they just imagined it. And lo, those who disagree concerning it are in doubt thereof. So in other words, it's totally challenging. You would expect this from a satanically inspired book like the Quran to totally attack, you know, the crux of a born-again Bible-believing Christian's, the backbone of his faith, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. What, where, what hinges our salvation, you would expect them to attack that. And it does. So we're going to be looking at a whole lot more than that. So that's all I'm going to really say on this video. Um, here's another article she just came out with. Now, again, I'm not necessarily endorsing Ann Barnhart here. I'm just saying there are some thought-provoking things she does bring up regarding this subject. Ann Barnhart, she says, I demand to be arrested for blasphemy now. This just came out on September 14th. And it says, the Obama regime is going after the people who made the cheesy Muhammad movie that the Muslims are blaming for the riots on. They are suggesting that YouTube, the YouTube review, the content of the clip that they have posted. Um, and are also now looking to jail one of the filmmakers. In addition, the Obama propaganda arm operating as the LA Times has posted pictures and explicit locations and descriptions of the home of one of the filmmakers, clearly in an effort to intimidate the filmmakers and to pass tactical intel to the Muslim Brotherhood. They posted all of this stuff about like where the guy lives and stuff. To the Muslim, I mean, obviously the Muslim Brotherhood, Al-Qaeda, whoever, they're going to know about this. They're going to go after this guy and try to kill him. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're witnessing is the establishment of the Shahara. Shahara law, specifically Islamic blasphemy laws, right here in what used to be called the United States of America. Well, I have a little something to say about all this. I have done what many consider to be the most hardcore, serious Quran burning to date. I bookmarked the filthy thing, the filthy Quran with strips of raw bacon, and then I burned the satanic screed page by page after reading demonic filth contained therein. Uh, what many of you, what many of you may not know is that very soon afterward my Quran burning went viral a group of Coptic Christians in Egypt translated it every word submitted it in Arabic and then reposted that version on YouTube please understand that there's a very good chance that some of the cops involved in the effort have since been killed in Christian genocide that has been raging in Egypt and all throughout the Muslim infected world since 2011 Therefore, if this nation is now under Shahara law, I demand to be arrested for not only blasphemy, but also as an accessory to murder, as, as recommended by both Mike Barnacle and Donnie Deutsch of MSNBC. These are two other guys that are saying that these people need to be arrested and put in jail. They ban our free speech. We can't say anything about Islam. You know, So she's demanding to be um, arrested. Because she was an accessory to murder as well, because there may have been people that were killed, Coptic Christians killed, as a result of her releasing this video. Okay, um, So she cites that here, that it, 
she goes on to say, the only way you fight and destroy this evil is by riding out to meet it. No capitulation, no compromise, no, no compromise, no appeasement, no apologies, no negotiation. You come after me if you want, boys, that's fine. I have no problem laying down my life for my fellow Americans, for my fellow human beings, and for the church. I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm not going to lay down. My name is Ann Barnhart. I'm at 9175 Converse Circle, uh, Lone Tree, Colorado. Uh, anyway, that's what she said about it. Okay, So, I wanted just to at least pass that along because people have been emailing me about that and... Uh, she is obviously pretty much up in arms over the whole thing, as a lot of people are. And she's just trying to point out, I think, some of the obvious hypocrisy regarding this whole thing. Uh, where do you draw a line in the sand, in other words? You just keep appeasing them and keep giving them what they want, as I've stated before. And just and again, all that does is give them the green light to advance their agenda, their satanic agenda, even further. Um, here's a little link to a report called Explore Islam, the Life of Muhammad, an Inconvenient Truth. And it starts out by saying Muhammad was a narcissist, a pedophile, a mass murderer, a terrorist, um, a lecher, a cult leader, a madman, a misogynist, a rapist, a torturer, an assassin, and a looter, end of quote. I agree with all the above. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He was that. The Bible says, well, you said the Bible says we're not supposed to say, the Bible says speak evil of no man. But evil and truth are two totally different things. Do you understand? If you're calling, if, if you're identifying somebody in a truthful way, that's not a sin. The Bible says Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Paul said that. The Lord reward him according to his works. Demas has forsaken me for this present world. You can go on and on and on and on. You know, Jesus Christ basically called Judas a devil. I mean, you know, you could go on and on and on about people that were identified in the Bible. Or is it better that we're not aware of these things so that those evil people can infiltrate and, you know, take over and people are totally caught unawares? The Bible talks about that in Jude. It says, for certain crept in, certain men who were before ordained under this condemnation crept in unawares. And again, this is what happens when you let wolves in sheep's clothing, ministers of Satan that appear as ministers of righteousness, or hirelings that have no true love for the sheep, whereas the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. This is what happens when you let them in and you let them infiltrate. And in today's day and age, that's more the norm than it is the exception to the rule. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy 2 uh, 3.13. And then you've got 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says regarding the very times that we're living in, regarding right when the wicked, capital W, the Antichrist is getting ready to be revealed, right when we have the falling away of the church, God says, for God shall send them strong delusion. And them meaning pretty much the world. Okay, God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God's doing it. So we got to be on our guard that we're not being deceived. And, and by not marking these wolves in sheep's clothing, and the Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. 
We're supposed to mark them. But because the church isn't doing this, the church is full of them. In order for the church to be purged, you'd have to almost purge the whole church and start over. And they're all 501, 99.99% of them, of churches in America at least, are 501c3 corporate institutions that are totally yoked up with the government and the IRS that will be assimilated into the coming beast, one war religion under Antichrist. They'll all be assimilated. So you've got a real bad scenario here that was clearly predicted in the Bible. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's more the norm now than it is the exception. That's what you have to understand. All of this is evidence of that. All of this is evidence that the church is just set back and just it's just totally, you know, beyond lukewarm. They've taken no stand against this stuff. I mean, why is it the church out here? Doing what I'm doing right now. Why, why aren't they up in arms and organizing mass protests in the street against this unbelievably overt evil? They could have Smiley Joel Osteen and Benny Hinn and Creflo give me a dollar and, you know, Kenneth Copeland and all those other Satanists that are wolves in sheep's clothing. They could organize some big march on Washington against Islam. No, they won't do that. They might lose their 501c3 exemption. And they got they, they don't have any backbone to do something like that. Are you crazy? I mean, there's no way. So, again, this is why we're in the state that we're in. Because the church won't take a stand. That's primarily the, the church's fault. So I just stopped for a minute. Somebody's shooting off fireworks out there. They sound like big ones. It's probably the uh, local Islamists celebrating over their recent victories, you know, and, and how they've they've been able to implement their agenda to this point. So they're out there having a little fun. But anyway, let me read this quote to you again. Muhammad was a narcissist, a pedophile, a mass murderer, a terrorist, a misogynist, a lecher, a cult leader, a madman, a rapist, a torturer, an assassin, and a looter, end of quote. Praise the Lord. I love truth. I love it. This, who said this? Former Muslim, Ali Sini, who offered $50,000 to anyone who could prove otherwise, this statement otherwise, based on Islamic text. See, all of this comes from their own writings. You can prove every statement that I just said. That's why this video they released, which is such a joke, it didn't even near cover the half of it, how much of an evil devil this guy was. And most likely Islam, there's very compelling evidence that Islam was started through the Catholic Church. There's a book called, the, the, the um, one that Chick released called The Prophet. It was one of their Crusader series comic books. It gets into that in depth. Now I understand, but they, they have references, they cite in there, and they make a very good case that Islam was actually started through the Catholic Church. Which, you know, one wicked religion spawned another wicked religion. So... Anyway, um, the reward, this $50,000 reward has gone unclaimed because they can't disprove it. It's just that what happens is, is when these things start to come out, they just go nuts and kill people and, and hoping that that will get the, um, uh, the dog off their scent, in other words. You know, like if they throw enough of a conniption fit and they go nuts enough, we'll just say, well, we, we, we don't care. We, we, you, you, you're right. You're right. We, we're afraid of you, and we don't want you to kill any more people, so we'll just shut our mouths. Well, I'm not going to shut my mouth. 
And there's a lot of other people that aren't going to shut their mouths either about this. Now, I, I put all my teachings here, or all my main ones, exposing Islam. The first one's the double face of Islam. The next one's Muslim Islamic religion hypocrisy exposed. The next one, Obama to abandon Israel while embracing the Islamic nations. Uh, then several current event studies I've done where we talk specifically about Islam. And then a two-part teaching on Islamic Muslim agenda and debauchery exposed. We've, we've went into this. It's a total of... Oh man, almost probably about eight or nine teachings right here where I've, I've actually really, really addressed this at length. So, what's the next article? Well, that one, oh, hold on, I gotta end part two here because we're over on time. And I'm gonna go to part um, three next, and I think that'll be our third and final part. So, we'll go to the next part. God bless you.